Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today's episode is part two of the highlights from our meetup on podcasting technology featuring Mac Mail, Adam Rosenhart, and Scott Winder. They had so much useful stuff to say that I split it in two. You can find part one in the feed or at seenandheardyeg.com. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Style Ivy, a new online course that teaches you how to take ownership of your style. You'll hear part two of my conversation with Style Ivy founder Lizina McKenzie later in the show. Now let's cast our minds back to November at very end edition and soak up some more insights from Mac, Adam, Scott, and the audience on the subject of podcasting tech. Okay, so what do you use to edit then, Adam? So I used to use GarageBand, but I actually use Premiere Pro, which is video editing software, just because I'm super comfortable with the tools. So I just bring them in and export it as an MP3 when I'm done. I can add fades. I can play with, I can like filter the sound. I can remove noise from the background. So it's a program that I'm really comfortable using. And um, I I know how all the parts work. So I can usually, I record my episodes are about 30, 25 to 30 minutes each. I can usually edit a full episode within an hour. That's good. And Mac, what did you use to edit mac and cheese? Uh, so I probably am the one responsible for making you use Audacity. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I use. Yes. Um, I have in the past used Audition, which is Adobe's mm-hmm. standard in software, but I don't really need to be that sophisticated. So Audacity is free, and you know that's the software that I've become comfortable using. I know how to get what I need out of that tool. Yeah. Um, and it's cross-platform, which is great. So that's the yeah. one that I use. And Scott? Yeah, uh, we use a bit of everything. As, uh, we use Logic as our primary DAW, mostly. Logic? Yeah, Apple Logic, okay. which is GarageBand's bigger brother. Um, and we do that mostly because we compose all of the background audio into right into the project file. So we we do use Pro Tools a bit, and we use Edition, actually. I love Edition. If you like Premiere, you should check out Edition. Edition's yeah. yeah, cool. got a ton of great, really expensive options that you have to pay a lot for plugins to do, and it's all just right. built right in. And I didn't actually get exposed to it, and so we started doing more video stuff, but Edition is great. But yeah, one thing I would probably recommend for new people starting out, if you don't want to go Audacity, check out Reaper. There's like a, like a really cheap DAW. Uh, it's like $49 or $29 for personal projects, and it's full-functioning uh, like digital audio workstation, and it's great, great place to start. The good thing about Audacity is like a million people on YouTube have put up little, small, easy-to-understand um, tutorials. Like, do this, then do that, then do this, so you don't even have to understand the logic of it. But it's good to know the, the wide range of them. All right, hosting one's podcast is a thing that must be done. And so tell me uh, where you host your podcast, but then for those of, I suspect all of you self-host. And so if one is not tech-savvy enough, do you have any advice for them for what, where where the file should live to create the feed that the podcatchers can read? So with Mac and Cheese, my most recent podcast, um, I, I use Amazon S3. Uh, it's just a great, you know, throw a file in there kind of store. And uh, to hook it into the feed, I used a plugin for WordPress called Blueberry, uh, which also can give you some basic statistics. Or if you're willing to pay a little bit more, you can get more statistics for it. 
Um, but it does the magic of you know taking your file and putting it into the enclosure element of the feed, right? So that podcatchers can can read it, um, and it can also produce an iTunes compatible feed because Apple has to be different. So um, <laughs> that could be changing that with Google. So that's kind of interesting. So those plugins work pretty well. Um, but we, you know, back in 2004, recognized that this is a problem, and so I actually started a company to do podcast hosting. Uh, and probably the closest uh, analog to what we did then is uh, Libsyn. You know, they were one of our big competitors at the time, actually. Yeah. And there's there was a bunch of us at the same time that were all doing this kind of hosting service, and only a few made it through and survived until today. And Libsyn is one of them. And I think if you're you know just looking for something that's focused on podcasting and you don't want to think too much about the rest of it, um, it's a pretty inexpensive service and one that I'd recommend. Adam. Well, I actually, we actually started the Unknown Studio on Libsyn, um, but I figured if we decided about you know halfway through our first season that we also wanted to have a website, and then I was like, ah, screw it, I'm just going to create a WordPress site and host it all there. So I pay uh, six dollars a month for my web hosting, and I use Blueberry PowerPress as a as a plugin to handle all my media, and my media just goes on my server. And it's easy. It's really easy. And Scott, three for three. We're a Blueberry PowerPress. Right team. on. And uh, Libsyn we looked at, but uh, for a basic thing, like if you really didn't want to do anything else, you just wanted hosting, they give you a free like little web page with a mini feed, and it's like super reasonable, but we wanted to do a bit of dynamic content. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I've heard rumors that Squarespace is about to launch uh, like a feature set for podcasters, so you'd actually be able to use the beautification of Squarespace with the... It's up now. Is it up? Yeah, I use that. Yeah, so apparently you can use Squarespace, which gives you like a beautiful website as well as all of the podcast features. Yeah. Which is a good move by them, I think. Yeah, smart. And you mentioned, Mac, that so iTunes is a thing unto itself a little bit for dealing with them, but Google is now about to get into the podcasting game, so um, what do you know about that? Not a lot, probably yeah. as much as anyone else, but um, you know, podcasting was really, initially actually was called audio blogging, like people didn't know what to call it, right? because all they did was take the RSS feed that we used to send blogs out everywhere and aggregate them together and added this tag called an enclosure tag that pointed to an audio file. And that worked pretty well, so if you had some software that knew to look for an enclosure tag, you could get the file. And then iTunes came along and decided to add podcasting, and they added a whole bunch of other tags into the feed. So, you know, title and description and picture and category and genre and all this other stuff. Uh, and it only knows how to read those specific kinds of feeds. And because they're the largest one and, you know, it really grew up around the time of the iPod, right, before iPhones and things, that's what everybody started producing toward, right? People generate their feeds for iTunes. Um, but now, apparently, Google's interested in getting in on this game. And so if they start a podcasting you know, directory store, kind of like iTunes, uh, hopefully they'll go back to a more pure RSS feed and not have some other crazy extensions on top of it. Um, but that's what they've said they're interested in adding to the, the Google Play store. Yeah. So I think some of you have co-hosts in the States. You can actually submit your have you guys done that yet yeah, yeah? and so can people listen to you through they, they haven't launched it? it yet as far as i know it's mm -hmm. just right now all you can do is submit your feed to them and then you have to prove you own it which is what he had to do and then yeah so when they're when they open up their little podcast uh, directory then hopefully we'll be in there so. yeah 
And then hopefully they'll open it to Canadians so that we can get ours in there too. Yeah, I would say I'm a little cautious about it because Google doesn't have a great track record with these kinds of things. I mean, they launched <laughs> FeedBurner and then killed it off, and yeah. technically it still works. Google but Google Plus, you know, <laughs> it could go away. Yeah, Google Plus is another one. So, you know, I'm optimistic that they'll do something great for listeners. Yeah. Um, but if you can't pay for it as a creator, then it's a little risky potentially. Well, I know. I know. One of our headaches is we can't get on Spotify. They hand curate. Oh, really? It's hand curated. Yep. So you can't even, there's not even a way to request that they look at you. They just pick. And it's like, come on. Does anyone know anyone who works at Spotify? <laughs> 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 what about uh, Pandora's now? Because they have cereal. Like, are they going to start doing podcasts? It's a good question. Yeah, who yeah. knows? That was such a confusing announcement when yeah. it, it, at first it felt like, okay, so the only way you can get the next season of cereal is to get into Pandora, which wasn't true and everybody freaked out. So oh, and they just bought RDO too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of changes, so right. who knows? Yeah. Um, speaking of getting the attention of podcatchers, um, iTunes is the biggest uh, game in town. So Scott and Adam, what have you done to try to get iTunes to help you grow your audience? Um iTunes likes uh, ratings and reviews, so I try to encourage as many people as possible who contact the show uh, or, or who I talk to and, and have listened to leave a rating and review. And for a while there, I think because of the the number of ratings and reviews I got in a period of time, I was in the new and noteworthy section for a couple of weeks. It's really helped to sort of build that initial audience. Yeah. I'm not aware of other ways to do it, but but maybe there are. Uh, that Scott will reveal. Yeah, there we we haven't figured those out either. The uh, I know that they do do some like they obviously like I forgot who was the feminist podcast Buzzfeed has been on like the top for the last like two months. Uh, Women of the Hour. Anyway, they obviously had a partnership with iTunes because when they launched the like five minute teaser episode, they were the first of no one were they the first in podcasts mm-hmm. and at the top page in the big thing and it's like. You've got a three-minute teaser episode out. It's like, I get, granted, they do have a BuzzFeed, but um, yeah, we we just like we threw it up on Reddit and threw it to a couple places that we thought would be find it interesting, and we got a lot of traction right away, which threw us into new and noteworthy, which threw us into top technology, which threw us into top overall, and I think we got to thirty-three in Canada. Holy cow! Yeah, and uh, like we shot up really, really fast. But the weird thing is, and they do love ratings and reviews. iTunes is all about that. The faster you're getting them, the the more they give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like probably seventy percent of our listenership has come from something called Pocket Casts, which is like a like a premium podcasting app. So if we only imagined if all of that traffic had come in through iTunes where we would be in the yeah. iTunes store. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, I don't know of any explicit ways. Like we haven't figured out how to break the American markets, which is our big headache. If we can ever start charting in America, like we've charted in Australia, we've charted in the UK, we charted in Canada, but we haven't been able to chart in the U S just because they have so many listeners and so many great podcasts. Yeah. So, um, for numbers to know that kind of thing, it, does Blueberry give you all of those analytics? Yeah. yeah. It'll give you uh, total downloads. Uh, it'll give you unique downloads. So if, if Scott listens to my show three times, it's 
when you Which need. Which I do. Because <laughs> the audio is so bad. Um, yeah, so it'll tell you that stuff. It'll tell you where people are coming from, like where they're listening from, what kind of devices they use. Um, what else does it tell you? It tells you, yeah, geography, stats, uniques. Clients. Client Clients, types, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if they're listening, like, just by clicking play on your website or if they're listening to it on their iPhone or whatever. I kind of think about iTunes as like the Internet Explorer of yeah, podcasting yeah, yeah. software. <laughs> like they haven't had to do anything. It's just been sitting there for like ten years, and they haven't had to add any features or any functionality. So if you have another big player that has that scale that can come to the table, like there's no reason iTunes couldn't give you a plethora of statistics. Yeah. But they've never had to innovate in the product to do it. So if Google can bring that to the table, then all of us may benefit from you know greater insight into our listeners. I think the biggest shocker for us, and I'm sure everybody knows it, is that. We kind of just assume that we know what our subscriber base is, but you have no clue. And I'm just like, we throw up episode two and you watch the downloads bar just like shoot up. And I'm like, I guess this is probably our approximation of our subscriber base. Yeah. But yeah, we kind of just assumed given the like basis. I was like, where in the iTunes store do I see my subscriber yeah. base? Yeah. I, I was like, no, this doesn't exist. Sorry. So. Yeah, I just do a, to try and figure out the number of people who have subscribed, I just divide my uniques by the number of episodes I have. Yeah. So I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> Good measures, any. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll get back to Scott, Adam, and Mac, but first a word from our sponsor, Style Ivy. Here's another bit of my conversation with Lizina McKenzie. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Style Ivy, which teaches you how to take ownership of your style. I'm talking again to Style Ivy founder, Lizina McKenzie. Welcome back. Thank you. So I've been working through the course and so far it's a lot about me. So why is that? The first couple of lessons in the 10 lesson course is a lot about the individual, understanding your values, what motivates you, understanding those pieces are fundamental to who you are. So I want people to start to articulate that for themselves before they start to build their style because that gives you a lot of direction into then understanding, well, what do you want to put forward? The very next thing we do after that is to understand your body type. And then we give you descriptions and then we give you visuals of what garments best suit that body type. You must have had clients whose lives you've changed. I really do believe longer term that in some small way or other, I've helped change the trajectory of some people's lives. Some people have then had the confidence to leave relationships that were not great for them. Some people have had the confidence to sort of come out and be who they really are. And and some of them happen to be transgendered people and have had the confidence to make that transition. Some people have had the confidence to then move into a role professionally that they really wanted to strive for. And they actually then took those steps to do that. So how can people sign up for the course? People can sign up by going to styleivy.com. On the homepage, there is a tab that says courses. And the first course we're offering is Style Foundations. On that page, there is a register button. So you click on that and you get to the sign up page. And if you want to upgrade to the personal consultation, it's all there as well. That's all there as well. Style Ivy's Style Foundations course begins January 12th. Visit styleivy.com to sign up. That's S-T-Y-L-E-I-V-Y.com. And if you're listening to this after January 12th, it's going to be offered again in the spring, right? That's right. Excellent. Thanks for sharing Style Ivy with me and thanks for telling us about it. Thank you. As podcast listeners, what is the one technical thing that you would encourage people to overcome, Matt? 
I'm I'm at a disadvantage because I'm a Windows user through and through. <laughs> so I use a Windows phone. I despise iTunes. That? I will never <laughs> install it on any computer ever. iTunes is a lousy piece of software. So I don't get access to this great directory of, of podcasters. And we have really crappy tools on Windows to subscribe to podcasts, um, which is kind of shocking considering that podcasting has been a lot around since, you know, the mid-2000s or whatever. So for me as a Windows guy, that's a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, I tend to listen to um, podcasts on the website when I'm at my computer or whatever, and I do subscribe to some uh, in my, you know, the, the very, very basic podcatcher app that comes with Windows Phone. Um, so that can be definitely, definitely a challenge. So I don't know how to overcome that aside from give in and buy an iPhone, which I don't recommend, <laughs> but... Um, you know, I think we need, it'd be great if there was a better way to find podcasts. Um, I know that NPR just launched a really cura- nicely curated list of, of podcasts that they've worked on, and they took kind of a journalistic approach uh, into uh, deciding what is worth recommending. So it's not just NPR po- podcasts, but from everywhere. And so that could be a good starting point if you're just looking for something interesting to listen to and you don't want to dig into iTunes. Adam, what, what would you like people to get better at when you're listening to them? Um, I want I want it to sound good. I, it, like nothing turns me off more than bad uh, bad audio, whether it's um, you know you know a snowball mic in the middle of a room or whatever. I, I worked with a documentary filmmaker a couple of years ago, um, building a website for her, one of her latest films, and it was a, her subject was um, basically a, a psychopath who, who was trying to figure out how to live like a normal person. So we designed a website that had all these sort of broken pieces to it. And we were like, okay, we've got all these YouTube videos. Let's distress the audio. And she said, absolutely not. You can make my video look terrible and people will watch that, but they will not suffer glitchy audio. What do you, same with you? Yeah, I have to say the same. There's nothing like video. Like I can tell the difference between something that's pro and not in the first one second of audio because mm-hmm. even video makers forget it all the time and it's like you know we you see a lot of indie filmmakers that have great concepts and they have very visually stunning stuff sometimes especially with all of the digital camera technology that's coming out like you know our 4k iphones uh things look pretty but they never sound good right. uh, they, they don't never sound good often they don't sound good mm-hmm. and it's the first thing it's like I, I'm the same way like I, my friend does a podcast in Calgary called The Strategist I don't know if there's any oh, political yeah, really yeah. and the first like 14 episodes they made I would call him and be like, can I just sponsor you? Can I buy you equipment? <laughs> How do I fix this? Because I can't handle it. Really? Yeah, I was like, I love your content, but it's just, I can't, like, it. for me to listen to 55 minutes of three people sitting around a snowball mic in a reflective room is like, I'm doing this because I love you and not because... <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know, we're totally... I know, I know, I know, I know. You're not going to listen to my podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're on it, so we'll listen to yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's actually my whole MO. Is, uh, <laughs> my audience is the people who are in my show. <laughs> um, it's, this is interesting, though, because I listen to The Strategist, and yeah. because... And I love The Strategist from episode one because episode 522 I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, because 
I, I'm an editorial person. Like yeah. I'm, a, I'm an old journalist. And so I love that they have structure. It's not just yeah, Zane keeps talking. It moving. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so I would forgive. I'm, it's easy for me to forgive a lot of audio, whatever, because the content is so good, right? So I, I think that's actually the balance. I yeah. think, like, you know, so many friends getting together, getting drunk, and talking have that, that sort of lo fi quality. That's not interesting enough to hold my my attention personally, but if it if the content is really compelling, like I mean I know that Phil and Robin have been working with a, a mic that's similar to this, and it's getting better. Um, I'll listen to it because the content is so good. Yeah. Because I, I enjoy it so much, yeah. so I will suffer bad audio for great content. Yeah. As long as I know that it'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> I think it depends to where people are listening, right? Yeah. So if they're yeah. listening in their car. And it's like lots of other noise going on, and the you know the stereo of the car is not great. Or if they're listening with really crappy earphones or something, you know the quality is already not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the content becomes even more important, right? Yeah. If you're at home and you've got nice studio headphones and it's quiet, then you're going to really notice all of the glitches and stuff, yeah, right? Very true. But so podcasting, it seems to me, has been the next big thing a few times since the early two thousands, <laughs> <laughs> and it is again. Because that's why I'm I'm Johnny come lately to this current uh, wave. Do you think this is really the time, Max? I don't think podcasting ever went away, right? So it's not like it died and people stopped doing it. Like there was always people that were doing podcasting since it started, and I think that'll just continue, right? I mean, it's one of those. It's a it fills a gap. It's time shifted audio, right? It's a a gap in the other spectrum of communication technologies that we have. So. I think people will continue to do it. Um, it's got a lot of attention right now because you've got some really high quality stuff getting produced. Again, it's about the content, uh, 99% visible, and you know all the other types of shows, serial that have drawn people into podcasting again. And the difference now is that maybe there's a bit of money behind it too, yeah. right? So people are willing to invest some money into this. Um, but will it become the next big thing? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, but there's definitely a place for it. I think there are this sort of new wave of podcasting is the result of um, everyone having a smartphone. Like when I first started seven years ago, some people had smartphones. Some people, for some reason, still had Blackberries, you know, that sort of thing. And I think that moving away from having uh, a music device and a phone uh, has made their ubiquity just that much more. Yeah. Um, like seven years ago, we had a very small audience on the Unknown Studio. Now we get something like three or 4,000 downloads an episode. And I think that's because of something like 67% of Canadians own a smartphone. Yeah, so it's easy. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called podcasting, right? The first, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the first yeah. wave was people had iPhone or iPod, iPod. sorry. Yeah. And uh, they felt like they had, you know, 16 gigabytes of space was massive. Like, how are you ever going to fill that up with music? Yeah. <laughs> and some people thought, well, let's create some, you know, radio shows that they can put on their iPods. And hence we had podcasting. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, my God, 16 gigabytes. It's like gone the minute you buy the phone. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's a bit different. But the advantage of the phone, like you're saying, is you don't have to connect it to a computer and download them separately and copy them to the device. Like that just happens automatically mm-hmm. now. Right. Yeah. So it's made it more accessible. So, Scott, next big thing for real this time. I think it's like if you look at it on a more macro level, like you're seeing the whole ad industry shift from demand-based advertising to content-based advertising. Mm-hmm. And I think podcasts and like you're seeing that with Gimlet, like I don't know, everybody yeah. startup and like they're doing very well. Yes. Um, 
Although, if you listen to their podcast, they're like, oh, we only made a million dollars this month. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> but they just launched native content now, yeah. so they're actually doing podcasts for hire. So if you're a Ford Motor Company and you want to make something relevant, all of a sudden Gimlet will figure out how to do that for you. Yeah. And I think there's a bigger push on like a more of a societal level where brands have stopped screaming in your face and are starting to tell you stories and get you to buy in. And I think podcasting is going to have to find a way to walk that line between commercialization and non so but yeah i think it's i think yeah i think everybody else's points are totally valid and i think it's things like i feel like serial itself probably is a contribution for like 10 million listeners like just that one podcast Mm -hmm. made podcasting pop culture yeah that's all thanks guys thanks for having us Thanks for joining us for part two of the Podcasting Technology Meetup. The next meetup happens in real life on January 24th at Variant Edition. The details are on the meetup page where I'd like you to sign up so I know you're coming. Just search for Edmonton Podcasting Meetup uh, and you'll find it. We'll return to our regular format next week with an interview with a local blogger or podcaster. And if you uh, want to put yourself forward to be such a person, email me at karen at unlandmedia.com. You can get the next episode delivered straight to you by subscribing in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. I also have a Facebook page, thanks to the wondrous uh, help of Andrea Bessa. And so please like that and do all the things that one does on Facebook so that people can see things on there. Remember that Seen and Heard's weekly roundup of Edmonton blogs now comes out on Tuesdays. The roundup of local podcasts comes out on Wednesdays. And the newsletter, which has special things just for you, comes out on Thursdays and you'll find all of that at seenandheardyeg.com that's seenandheardyeg.com I'll be back in a week thanks for listening <laughs>